So, in the midst of life, in art and reality, there is very subtle emotions I talked about, not always trusting. And in, in life, there's very subtle. shopping, doing a little of this and that. Just ended a phone call, just really had the insight as I was out. That's how meta this life is, right? You can have these things, and I wanted to demonstrate that here on the show with you. Why? Because this can happen anytime, anywhere for you, these insights that you can take a deep breath, and that feeling of empty mystery, or even just the empty neutrality, <coughs> is this, it's not a high, and it's not a low, it's a neutral, and it's not a state that you have to get to, but we have to un- to or like unstate because we're taught that we have to be in a certain state although it is really really good in learning to manage anxiety and coping it is not absolutely necessary to always rely on getting to a perfect state
Understanding occurs in at the end of relationships, but not necessarily with people. But when you feel that the relationship has officially ended with institutions, establishments, when your spirit just feels so beyond these things anymore that even relationships are then able to be analyzed. It's more accessible than to analyze and internalize. 
It seems when we talk about things like that we're outgrowing, not something we really want to talk about all the time, but when we're talking about things that we've outgrown, one thing that comes to mind is hookup culture. I know some of you in the podcast community have talked about outgrowing porn and hookup culture as a means for greater spirituality, but have not come to that conclusion based on religion. Why is that? Well, from many of our experiences, even as children, I've even kind of seen this. Hookup culture tends to go hand in hand with religion. It's a way in which people bond over different circumstances and situations. And it's not just in the adult life that you can witness this. You can be a child witnessing this happening with others. And it's, it can become romanticized. It could become an NRE, a 10 year, 20 year, maybe 10, 12 year, 14 years. 10 years plus of NRE with a new relationship with religion based on a hookup with a person that doesn't necessarily turn into a love, like a deep romantic marital love, but turns more into not a love for each other as people, but a love for the religion itself so strongly that the people bond in such a way that it is a, the relationship itself is institutionalized. And you you see this time and time again, not just with preachers, but with people. There are all these biblical sort of moral based judgments that we hold people to like higher standards, like just ridiculousness of like no sex before marriage, like these very fear-based connotations, right? No same sex. If you've done these things, you can be forgiven as if you've done something wrong. You can shame others if you've already asked God for forgiveness for the things you've partaken in. Even if your collaborators within this did not see that they've done anything wrong. You can shame them because you've asked for forgiveness and repented of your sin that you will not do this again. The other principle is you can continue to do this as long as you are promoting and participating heavily in the network of institutions that you're a part of and you can distract yourself with repentance as being a happy thing. And the problem that we find when it comes to, and even science has backed up this research, if you look at theories and 
If you even look at research from Charles Darwin, he's mostly known for atheism. He's mostly known for kind of the evolution. He's gotten a bad rap, including myself. I've kind of, you know, because he's kind of earned based on kind of yelling about religion, right? But something he talks about a lot that we don't often know about is sadness. And how going, it allows you to go deeper in some ways. It's not that being depressed is good necessarily. It's that these happy distractions we find ourselves in are taking us into shallower waters limiting our ability to swim when we're not learning teaching ourselves or others to swim deeper when we can the benefits of going deeper include a lot of different spiritual things that we don't actually follow in the church that we can actually continuously do one of those things, and not just for religion's sake at all, is fasting. Fasting can, especially if you've not been eating as good or if you've been um, using food as a comfort or distraction and eating for the wrong reasons, fasting can benefit in reboosting and renewing your energy. It can also benefit in helping you to take away the distraction of food. Now, I'm not recommending that teenagers go out and fast. I'm not recommending that people who are underweight go out and fast. I was one of those people at one point, and I'm not going to promote doing this. I'm not going to do this myself. But this is a benefit of really going deep in with a problem, really going and reflecting inward and not using outward distractions to continue to divert your attention outward. And so when we talk about the phone call previously, in the intro of this episode, we talk about owing. The person on the other end of that phone not giving away names or disclosing privacy, but she seemed extremely happy in her place. It made me feel a lot more at peace to recognize the insight that as much as somebody can do for us in a more quote-unquote favorable position, the motives themselves could be based on happiness, could be based on any kind of benefits that are gotten, but also not even that that's necessarily a bad thing that is meant to be like intentionally bad and that people are intentionally out to get you by doing this, but it is actually meant in the way of coming to grips with reality in that the more favorable position is not always the best 
with that person. It can put you in a better situation, to be honest with you. But it's not permanent. It's not always, it's not always permanent. And so when we go into this, wanting to owe your life to another human being, wanting to owe your relationship to a third party human being because of a more favorable position is including institutions, not just people. That is limiting your ability to swim in deeper waters. Because the relationship with other people often feeds into your relationships with institutions. If you think that your relationship with an institution is going to deepen your relationship with God, you're sadly distracted by donuts. You're sadly distracted by all the things that you can ask for and all the things that you can easily get that you know will be taken care of for you and you're not learning how to do it on your own. How, how often, how long do you want to be limited like this? Your business is limited. Your job is limited. Your, your choices of work is limited. Because if you have a business promoting weddings and you're in an institutional relationship with a church, you're, you're in a close, strong bond with your church, you're not, your business of weddings is limited because if it's a right-wing church, you're you're doing some discrimination of people getting married. You you're you're doing some uh, heavy duty discriminating. You're doing some heavy duty stage red behaviors. You're always going to be threatened by your business succeeding if you are a part of a church especially if you have your own business promoting weddings or if you're within that church promoting weddings. It doesn't matter either one. If you have a strong bond with a church, that business is not going to be deep waters into love. You would never understand how a same-sex couple or a couple that has a different kind of marriage outside of our norms and chooses to have their relationship differently, you're never going to understand the depth. It's always going to be, the business is always going to be only the customer that you want, not the customer that needs to be served. It's only about the customer that fits your programming, that fits your script, and you're never going to stop discriminating. And it continues to feed into this cycle, into the system. And not everybody's into the marriage thing, so let's go outside of that. 
If you're in the business of therapy, being a preacher, a pastor, a counselor, uh, part of the church, like prayer missions, part of the church praying care, part of the church, church pastoral care, that goes hand in hand. Some of you are doing both weddings and care. A therapist is someone who can be the outsider to somebody else's circumstances and not judge. But if you are for this business, for this institution, you're going to be a biased therapist. You're going to have a biased agenda to convert people. You're not actually going to be there to show them tools, to show them techniques. Not all therapy, even mainstream therapy, is perfect by any means. And I don't even think that that's the way anymore. But because it's institutionalized. But especially bias religious therapy. You're not serving your own business. Institutional therapists, it's not just about church. Let's talk about you too. You're not serving your business when you're biased towards insurance companies and you're making it really crazy for people to try to get affordable therapy. And the rest of us who are out here doing this for zero or little money are out here actually giving therapy. Some of you actually do feel a sense of passion and love for what you actually do. You believe in your kind of therapy, TikTok, YouTube. A round of applause to you guys, because you're starting to understand and you're starting to create outside of your institutions and you're starting to give the psychological tools. Even medical doctors are doing this. So, you know, we are starting to wake up to, the, to doing this for ourselves. Um, to help others uh, through our own self-learning. Not that we're doing this just for ourselves, but then again, by helping other people, that is helping ourselves. So, possibly we are. There's a whole other spiel, but these institutions are not going to teach you properly about health and because if you want a relationship with God don't you want to be healthy how come all the people when you go to church when you do institutions even in regular therapy and counseling sessions right you see people going in and out of the hospital they're not getting better from these things you got donuts in front of you you got food events People are just going there for food, and I've definitely been guilty to some degree by doing this. And something I've been sensing a lot lately is the kind of disillusionment. When, when kind of getting out of a bad situation, I've kind of understood the illusions. You, you understand the illusions that you're caught in once you get kind of out of a situation. And when you do these things, sometimes it's deeper to relate to people by 
not hooking up, by not having to be attached to hook up as a result or by not being attached to anthropomorphizing the universe and bonding through a kind of pornography of God together, but by actually swimming deep. Even in friendship, even in alliance, And so this is what we can reflect on. It's not always about going and feeling good. And it's not always about going and feeling bad. It's about going deep without all these distractions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this gives you something to consider when you're looking at your life. Take care of yourself, take care of your life, take care of each other. Let's stay connected.